Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Camille from sunny California, and you're listening to the Coffee Chat with Camille show, which is a podcast series that interviews various guests about real-life topics for people who love to learn. Hi everyone, I hope you can hear me. I'm trying a new microphone. Actually, I don't know if I even want to experiment too much with this. Give me one moment, please. I'm going to switch them out. Okay. Our show today is Precision Medicine with Lynn May. And um, one moment, I'm going to read the bio in one second. I apologize. Okay, yeah. All right, Precision Medicine with Lynn May. He is a science guy. His expertise is in human genetics and cannabis. Um, he runs a DNA company and is also has a background in the music industry. His passion is precision medicine and how we can personalize everything. Lynn May has an MSC CEO and he's also co-founder of Indocana Health, Inc. Mr. May brings more than 25 years of cannabis and genomics experience to Indocana Health. A pioneer in the medical cannabis industry, May has been instrumental in shaping the current legislation and culture. He has held past positions as president of the Cannabis Action Network and board member and lifetime member of California Cannabis Association. May is the current chair of the CBDIA Science Board and is a stakeholder in some of the industry's most iconic brands. His areas of expertise include the workings of the endocannabinoid system and how DNA and genetic expression play a role in personalized health and wellness, leveraging the revolutionary platform of endodna. As a certified medical cannabis specialist in in medicinal genomics, May has an in-depth knowledge of genomics, cannabinoids, terpenes, and their interactions with the endocannabinoid system. As well, he holds a Master's of Medical Cannabis and a Certificate in Endocannabinoid Formulation from the Institution for the Advancement of Integrative Medicine. Mr. May is a skilled speaker who presents a, a cannabis healing powers on prestigious stages worldwide to educate people. A published author of a book called Making Cannabis Personal and the host of the popular Everything is Personal podcast. Okay, so for you, the audience, he's left a link. It's endo, spelled E-N-D-O, DNA.com. All right, and I believe he's in the studio. So we can get on with the interview. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for having me. That's uh, quite an intro. <laughs> I get to shorten it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for That's being here. That's half the show, I think. I think we're almost done uh, now. Uh, 
Oh, so funny, right? Yeah, but it's so interesting because you're so like, wow, your expertise are incredible. But may I go ahead and proceed with our interview? For sure. How did how did you get into cannabis? Well, uh, I was the kind of kid that would sit in class, and uh, there was all these sort of uh, windows that would op- be open in my in my brain, and when the teacher calls on you. Uh, like, uh, oh, what? I was kind of drifting off. And I was diagnosed with ADD, attention deficit disorder, which I don't like to call it a disorder because I find it to be my superpower. But that's what I was diagnosed <laughs> with. I think I didn't have the H at that uh, time. So I wasn't really hyperactive. And I was put on prescription medication. And I was hanging out with some older kids. And uh, before school, they asked me if I uh, want to smoke a cigarette. So I was like, yeah, sure, cool. I'm going to hang out with the cool kids, do a, a cool thing. And I didn't really question why they only had one cigarette, but uh, that's what it was. So we got around the circle. It was like four or five of us, and they passed around the cigarette. And it came to me. Uh, I took a, a drag of it, inhaled, uh, then coughed a little, and tasted weird. So I tried it again, and they are <laughs> laughing at me. So they put cannabis in the cigarette. Uh, when I went back to class, the windows in my head shrank and I could focus. I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I started kind of experimenting myself as I could find cannabis at that time. And it was working for me. It was really helping me to focus. And uh, my parents didn't really like that too much. They would catch me over the years. Eventually, uh, actually kicked me out of the house for cannabis. They never understood that it was my medicine. And I tried to have me arrested. They called the the cops on me. And uh, uh, I was uh, going to a music festival, I, I, um, this uh, a festival called the Horde Music Festival, which was like Blues Traveler, Ziggy Marley, the Black Crows. And there was a, there was a banner with a, a group of uh, young people called the Cannabis Action Network. So I walked up to them and I was like, what are you guys doing? Like registering people to vote. I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Well, what else are you doing for you know, legalization? I said, registering people to vote. So uh, long story, a little bit longer, I became the president of the Cannabis Action Network, and I held a rally at Independence Hall in Philadelphia where the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, uh, is an all-on-hemp paper, by the way. And my keynote speaker is this woman named Elvie Musica, and she was uh, one of the first people to get federally prescribed cannabis uh, under the NIDA program. And uh, basically, she had uh, cannabis that was cultivated in the University of Mississippi through the federal government with a USDA label on it, which she could consume in front of uh, federal rangers. But the next morning, everybody uh, kind of slept over my house. Next morning, we woken up to a loud crash. And uh, LV happened to walk into a sculpture I had in my house and break it. And the reason why, because she had degenerative glaucoma and couldn't see. So I witnessed her medicating with cannabis and it actually helped her a lot with her glaucoma. She could start seeing again. So that was my sort of aha moment that well, it's medicine for me, for my condition, or whatever you want to call it. It was medicine for her. So that started my journey of trying to dig deeper into the understanding uh, how cannabis works as a therapeutic and how it's medicine and why is it different for me versus her versus other people and how it affects people differently. So that's sort of the beginning of my journey. Okay. Thank you very much. And then why DNA? Well, 
here's uh, so when I moved to uh, Los Angeles, I got involved into in the dispensary uh, business, and I thought this was the best way for us to be able to. Uh, get the plant to as many people as possible. But what I started noticing was that two people will, cons- uh, will come in with the same symptomatic condition, consume the same chemical variety, and have a completely different experience. So my ADD brain went on the Internet and started looking at why is this happening. I came across a video by a gentleman named Kevin McKernan, who was one of the first people to genetically sequence cannabis. And uh, I reached out and got a chance to work with Kevin. I got to work on plant genomics. So I would travel the U.S., uh, Canada, I would get plant material from the top cultivators, bring it back to my lab, extract the DNA, and sequence it. So we started the first genetic library of the plant. And uh, the parent company of uh, Medicinal Genomics, is the company I was working with at the time, uh, was a company called Cortigen Life Sciences, and they did pharmacogenomics. So pharmacogenomics is basically the study of how drugs affect different people and how drugs uh, can interact together based on metabolic function, based on your personal genetic predisposition. So I got heavily involved in the human genetic space. And uh, my moment of clarity was when we have plant genetics here, we have human genetics here. If we combine those two together, we can provide somebody a personalized roadmap for what genetic predispositions they may have and guide them to a more personalized experience. So that's how that came about. Excellent, excellent. Now let's talk music. Okay, my favorite subject. Uh, did you have a question about music, or you just want to talk music? I'll talk. I'll talk music I like all you day. To talk about your background of music. Well, here, here's yeah, the thing. That's... It's it's interesting how this whole. Uh, I mean, I've been <clears throat> so when I was a, a real little kid, I grew up in Philadelphia, and my mom had this uh, thing where she uh, said she was allergic to air conditioning. So as a little kid, it would be really hot in the summers, and. Uh, I would open the window, have a fan. It's like blowing hot air. But for, to fall asleep, I had a radio and I had a, like a little tape recorder. I'm sure like, you know, people don't know what I'm talking about, but it was this rectangular tape recorder that I could put the speaker to my speaker, my radio, and I can make recordings. And I would start making mixtapes. So that was the only way I could fall asleep. So I would make all these mixtapes and, and uh, started getting really into music and discovering music. But when my parents kicked me out, and uh, I was uh, still in the Temple University. I had to pay my way to school. Uh, one of the things I did, there was a record store called Tower Records. Uh, they're out of business right now. They're still online. And I think there's one physical store in Japan. But uh, I would go in there all the time, buy music. And I had a job opening for a cashier. So I uh, got a job at Tower Records. And uh, then I became uh, a music buyer at Tower Records. And from there... That's sort of the launch of uh, my fascination of a deep dive in the music. And when Tower Records closed down, I had a record company that uh, called Mayday Music, where we would sell hard-to-find uh, CDs and, and vinyl, like uh, you know, a specific release that was Japan only, or a specific release that was Germany only, because uh, I had all these relationships, and uh, that was a, a really uh, good business opportunity. And plus, it was so cool that I was in music all the time. And uh, then uh, some of these distributors started closing doors, so I 
I got into music supervision, uh, did a uh, movie, uh, two movies actually, did a, a video game. But uh, today, uh, my passion of music is uh, focused on seeing as many live shows as I possibly can. Okay, excellent, excellent. Then for our last question, how can we personalize everything with DNA? Yeah, I, excellent question because, you know, we talked about cannabis, but it's so much more than that. And it's not even cannabis, it's your endocannabinoid system, which which is the primary modulating system. Uh, it actually is responsive for modulating and maintaining what's called uh, a balance, what's called homeostasis within our systems. And it gets signals from the other systems that's in our bodies, sends it up the central nervous system, and then your brain releases endogenous endocannabinoids, which are our own neurochemicals. So cannabis works where when you consume THC, it binds to a receptor in our brain, our bodies called the CB1 receptor, and releases these endogenous endocannabinoids. One of them happens to be anandamide, which is our bliss hormone, and that's when we get the runners high as well, and that's when we feel that euphoria and that you know craving for munchies, etc. Now, the challenge is when we consume anything and we put it in our bodies, our genetic predispositions uh, can be triggered epigenetically differently. So, uh, to make you know, once again, a long story, a little bit longer, but I'll try to keep it uh, <laughs> short. We have these. The uh, genetics that we inherit from our parents, half from our mother, half from our father. And some, they're encoding for our life. So they have different information in there that think of it as a bunch of on-off switches. And uh, our, some of them, when we're born, are turned on. So like our, our hair color, our eye color, our skin color. Others can be turned on or off based on our lifestyle. So depending on what we do with our life, uh, the nutrition that we consume, the exposure to heavy metal, uh, pesticides, the, uh, uh, our mental state, all these different things will determine whether we turn on those genetic predispositions or turn them off. So that's really the, the goal of using DNA as sort of your roadmap for your personalized health and wellness because they're all, we're all different. So Yes, we have an endocannabinoid system uh, DNA test. However, we also are moving to whole genome sequencing. And what that means is 64 million genetic biomarkers, which can be used as your personalized GPS for life. And what I mean by that is understanding what potholes are in your road and how you can avoid them. So an analogy I like to use is like, uh, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. I live in Los Angeles. I can get in my car. Uh, and drive to Philadelphia. Now, without my GPS, I'm going to hit some wrong turns. I'm going to hit some potholes in the road and uh, get lost maybe, but I'll eventually get there. In your life, using DNA as your life GPS allows you to navigate so you can kind of mitigate or avoid those potholes in the road and get there uh, quicker and faster without possibly adverse effects. So I'll give you one more example. Um, Bell peppers. So bell peppers are full of vitamins and nutrients. They're really, really you know, good, healthy food for you. So when I did my microbiome test and my uh, genetic test, it showed that bell peppers contain an enzyme that actually my body doesn't metabolize well. So for me, it's an inflammatory food. 
Well, how would you know that? Because it's supposed to be healthy food. So we all have our own genetic predispositions. And if we can use a DNA to guide us, we can avoid or mitigate those epigenetic, those turning on those uh, signs that may be specific for us. The other thing is interactions. When we consume certain foods or supplements with drugs, some of them have specific interactions, those we want to mitigate as well. And the final thing is dosing. Dosing is specific for anything. Like I'll give you some more examples. We have a report on um, women's health, for instance. So understanding mm-hmm. predispositions to uh, perimenopause, menopause, and also the conditions or the side effects that may, some people may be prone to more than others, like mood swings or excess weight gain, etc. These are all genetic markers that you can use to guide you to your personalized life experiences. Oh, that's, that's wonderful information. I've really learned a lot quickly in your interview here, and I thank you so very much for, <laughs> for coming in. Um, I'd like to know what your favorite coffee and or hot beverage is. Oh, uh, my favorite coffee. I'm a coffee like my favorite coffee I ever had, I mean, it's going to be, I uh, can't get it everywhere, but I was in Colombia and I got this coffee and my God, this coffee had a sweetness to it itself. It's just fantastic. But I, as a hot beverage, I've been into this matcha latte with a shot of espresso. It's a hot matcha latte with a little bit of coconut milk and a shot of espresso. That's my favorite drink. I get that daily. I can see why. That sounds great. They're delicious. All right. Thank you. So very much again for being here, Lynn. And then lastly, could you please just uh, leave our audience with your social media handles? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Len May, L-E-N-M-A-Y, on uh, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and uh, on Instagram and Twitter and some of these other new ones, the X and whatever uh, they're called. It's Len May, Len May DNA uh, for the most part. So I'm pretty available everywhere. Anybody can reach out, social, or uh, email Len at EndoDNA, and uh, happy to answer any questions anybody has. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here again. Happy Friday to you, and bye for now. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, everyone. That was the magnificent Len May. And um, I'd like you to know that if you go to coffeechatwithcamille.com, you'll be able to listen to this episode and also re- um, receive his link to his website, which is endo, E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. Okay, and then um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? But I think that's it for now. I have one more interview to go, and um, and then... Uh, I guess that's it for today, right? Thank you so much, Seth. You're magnificent. And thank you all, my wonderful listeners, for listening to me and to the show. Bye for now.